Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is one half of a duo who had a hand in breaking the 86-year curse of the Bambino, as well as helping the Patriots to football dominance. He, as well as his childhood friend, Lucky Lou Imbriano, may not be well-known as Big Poppy or Tom Brady, but trust me, after you hear this, they had a hand in Boston sports domination just as much as those two did. It is a thrill to welcome Joe Lamone to WLIE Sports Talk New York to share an amazing story with us um, on a night where the Red Sox could actually win their fourth championship of his lifetime. Right. So welcome, Joe. Hey, good evening. How are you? We're doing great. So, you know, we can trace the Patriots and Red Sox good fortune back to your sophomore year in high school in Latin class when ironically the words, hey kid, and not in reference to Ted Williams, but someone calling you would start a friendship that would last for over a quarter of a century. So take us back to that day and how you and Lou became friends. So I was in the front row in Latin class and very quiet and very shy kid, and we were taking a Latin exam. And I had finished very quickly, and I heard, hey, kid, real whisper, thought I heard things, looked around, um, looked back down, and then again I heard, hey, kid. And it, I knew it was someone behind me. So I turned around. I didn't know who this, this kid was. And uh, he whispers, hey, what's the answer to number four? I don't know why I did it. I just grabbed my entire exam and handed it to him. The look of astonishment on his face. Couldn't believe I did it. Um, And then he quickly wrote down all of the answers uh, and then handed it back to me. And that was, you know, three minutes or two minutes of my life that I was petrified I'd be caught by a Jesuit priest for cheating. And then um, after the test was done, we walked out. He ran up to me, and he said, uh, Hey, kid, uh, my name's Lou. I can't believe you did that. And um, we've been best friends ever since. So, you know, you're a, a prototypical Boston fan, Patriots, Sox, Bruins, Celtics. People outside of New England don't fully comprehend how ingrained into everyday New England life those teams are intertwined in, in everything that goes on there. Can you try to explain to our audience what being a fan of those teams in the New England area is like? Listen, it's, it's awful, right? Because you just live and die by it, and it's, it's passed down from generation to generation. So my father told us, I have two older brothers, and he said, if you want to live in this house, you're a Democrat, and you are Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins fans. If you, you don't like any of that, get out. Um, and it's just rabid. So you get, you get frenzied. You, you, you work schedules around the sports franchises. It's, it's really crazy. I've actually tried not to do that to my children because it's, it's really unhealthy. And then you're dealing with two franchises particularly, the Patriots and the Red Sox, who just had such bad luck and bad management and bad coaching for many, many years and bad ownership. Um, so it just, you, you sort of, um, I don't know how to say it, but, but just live in that pool of 
of of regret and uh, hopefulness that one day your team is your teams are going to turn around and and be championship teams. So I have to imagine when one of your best friends, Lou, gets hired as a chief marketing guru for the Patriots. Uh, as luck would have it in Tom Brady's first year as a starting quarterback, it must have been pretty special. Take us back to that day and your reaction to Lou getting that job. You know, he was working for a local radio station, WEI, as the the producer for the Eddie Andelman show. And he really wanted to go for this job. And so what he did was very unique. From a marketing perspective, he built a box. And he had the crafts open the box. And it showed them how he would market the Patriots over a series of six months, 12 months. And it was very unique, and it was very young at the time, and they loved it. Um, so when he, he came in and told us, and, and you know, me and, and our friends, our now group, that he had gotten a job, we were just elated for him. And, um, you know, great opportunity. Again, a, a franchise that had gone through a lot of turmoil, a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of regret for the fan base, so um, but we were very happy for him. So you go and visit Lou at his office at that time at Foxborough Stadium, which was right next door to the new Gillette Stadium, which was being built. Lou asks you if you would like a tour of the stadium as it's being built. What happens next? So, you know, we go into the golf cart, and we have hard hats on. He gets out, he shows us, shows me um, what what. The crafts are doing to build the stadium, some of the special things they're doing, staging all around. There was a big crash above us. I jump out of the way. Um, we get hit by staging and whatnot, and there's a huge uh, nail that had gone through. He had put up his hand to protect his face, and there was a huge nail that had gone through his hand, the palm of his hand, into his neck. And, you know, I'm screaming for help, and the workers ran and got 911, and we took him into the ambulance and took him to the Mass General Hospital where they successfully, you know, removed the nail. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't life-threatening, but pretty scary. So what happens to the nail after it's removed? So, you know, we, we go out and we have a few drinks, and um, it's a few months later, and um, he actually brings the nail, and he goes, um... I asked for it from the hospital when they took it out. I'm like, why would you do that? And he goes, because I wanted to remember it. And, it, you know, I'm lucky, right? I'm lucky to be alive. So, you know, I nicknamed him Lucky Louie. And then we started having a conversation about, um, hey, what do we do with the nail? Um, and he decided to put it in his office. And then, um, you, you know, they had the Patriots... Um, if I remember correctly, weren't having a great year. And so we, you know, when we got together again, I don't know who came up with the idea, but both of us decided, hey, why don't we hide the lucky nail, because you're lucky Louie, in Gillette Stadium and see what happens. As a joke. Really started out as a joke. <laughs> so that season, the Patriots turn around. And they win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, what's going through your head, you know, that you guys put this nail in there and, and, you know, it's a lucky nail and a team that had never won a Super Bowl wins its first Super Bowl? Well, 
you know, come on, right? You, you, <laughs> he, he grabs the nail, and he's like, okay. Um, and he puts it back in his office, and they lose the next year. They don't make – I don't even think they made the playoffs the following year. Right. They came in second place, 9-7, and seven, right. 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 And then he goes, and we, we put the nail back in Gillette, right? Yes, that's right. And then they win again. So, so now we're like, oh, okay, maybe there's something to this, right? So now you so, guys, now you guys get really crazy, right. okay? So now you've got so now you, you two Super the nail Bowls over a couple of seasons, right? You, you've, got, you've got empirical proof of what the power of the nail, right? So you decide that you're really going to test the power of the nail, and you go against the big daddy of them all, the curse of the Bambino. So tell us how you get the nail into Fenway Park. And, you know, like, why? I mean, that is, that's the holy grail, I mean, of curses. It's the holy grail, and I'm the one who came up with the idea, because I said, Luke, why don't we put the nail in Fenway? And he got very mad. (laughs) And he goes, that's too much to ask of the nail, it's the curse. (laughs) But I get him to agree, and, you know, he's connected. He's the chief marketing officer for the Patriots. So he makes a phone call over to the marketing group at uh, Fenway Park for the, for the Sox, and they know him, and they're like, he says to them, hey, I have a client here who um, is a season ticket holder. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> me. Um, and he's interested in Red Sox tickets. Can, can I bring him by? So we go by, and because it's Lou, it's just an I. He gets the tour. I get the tour. And, um, the marketing people are like, okay, you could take a walk around. You know, you can go on the field if you want. We have the passes. Whatever you do, don't go into the Green Monster. So Lou takes the nail, and we're out there in, the, uh, in left field by the Green Monster, and he disappears into the door. And, again, it was two or three minutes of, Oh my God! If we we're gonna, we'll go to jail. They'll he'll lose his job for going in there. That's like you don't go in there. And he comes out. He goes, "Okay, I hit the nail." And you know, they security came out. They didn't see us. They're like, you know, you need to come out. You can't be in there. And we just, you know, quickly ran left Fenway. <laughs> and the Red Sox make the playoffs. They play against the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Um, you know, games one and two, Yankees take. Game three, Yankees gave them an ultimate beatdown, 19-8. to eight. Yeah. I have to imagine, you know, since, you know, Lou was against putting it in Fenway, you know, he said, we can't go up against that. That's too much to ask of the nail. What are you guys talking about after game three? Oh, we're not talking. He's yelling at me. <laughs> he goes, I told you it was too much for the nail. You ruined it. Uh, he was really, really mad at me. And I was, you know, I mean, we joked about it, but, I mean, we, superstition is funny. And we had come from a very superstitious city and a very superstitious family background. We're both Italian-Americans. So, um, you know, it was disappointing. So how much did those two extra inning wins in Game 4 and 5 restore your faith that maybe there was a little magic in the nail? You know what, Mark? We really didn't talk about it. It was so tense. 
and it's and we, we all we would say to each other, okay, one game at a time, one pitch at a time, one inning at a time, and that's the way we played it until game seven, and it was pandemonium for him and I. Unbelievable. So the Red sure. Sox break that. You know, the, the curse of the Bambino. You put it back in Gillette Stadium, you get another win. You moved it to Fenway, get another win. Then to Boston Garden and get the Celtics a championship. And then, you know, say what you will about, you know, New England, you know, fans. You guys sat down to discuss who really needed a championship. And because of Katrina and New Orleans, you go down to New Orleans and you put it there. And, and the Saints win a championship. So I'm thinking at this point, and now some people people know about this. I'm wondering if there is, you know, a very successful fan of a franchise or a team owner. You know, if you're listening, you know, Woody uh, Johnson, who's, who's offering uh, you a lot of money, money you know, for the nail to for the nail. Listen, I we will not take any money for the nail. We will not jeopardize the mojo that that nail has generated. The, the purity and. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here, here's a question in terms of the nail. Then, the nail did not find its way, for example, to Houston last year after the hurricane and the Astros. You know, it did. It did not. We don't. I can't tell you where it is now. We don't. And I know that sounds, you know, a little, uh, a little convenient. Um, but we have put it in place a couple of places that it either took multiple years to work. Or in one instance, it didn't work at all. Okay. Now, also, no. you did say that you came from the prototypical, you know, Massachusetts household. You know, you had to be a Democrat, you had to be and, a Sox fan, and, and a Patriot fan. So we and the you know, so I, we know for sure that the nail has never been in Trump Towers, correct? <laughs> it's never been in a political setting for luck. It's only it's only sports. You're going to ruin it, guys. So, 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 wait, so, no, so, so, so you, you talk about one time the nail didn't work. How do you go about the decision? When do you decide? Okay, sometimes couple years to pull the nail, right? Um, you know, we just go out and have a couple of couple of drinks, <laughs> and we're like, you know, what do you think? Right? We have friends who are like. Hey, uh, we got some ideas, or hey, can we sit in on that discussion? Or, like, yeah, absolutely not. Like big jerks, right? These are, it's, this, these are, it's this big corporate meeting, and uh, it's the board of directors of the nail, and <laughs> you know, only Lou and I can attend. But these are big investments. These are year-long commitments, or like you said, a few years. It, it, it takes time. You got to figure it out. So, so has <laughs> has making the story public, you think, affected the mojo of the nail? You know, it's a great question, and I don't think it has because we've been true to the nail, to really sound like a jerk. Um, we, uh, we keep it to ourselves. We, we talk about the story. And when I told the story first in 2004, I told it in New York City and um, never expected to get this kind of reaction. It's, it's, it's lived on since then. And so is the now. And um, so it's kind of, it's, it's turned into something else. I don't know what I can tell. I can't explain it, but it's, it's pretty powerful. And it's, it's gone beyond, in my mind, superstition. Do you get- so what will happen if somebody by chance actually finds the nail and oh, moves God. it? You know, another really great question. We've, 
always discussed this from day one, Lou and I. And we said, listen, if someone finds the nail, that's it. We're done. And that's all the nail was supposed to give. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Obviously, New York, in Boston, in every single sport, major rivalry. Does that preclude you guys from ever putting it in a New York venue? Uh, how can I put this? Absolutely. Never, ever <laughs> will the nail oh, go wow. to a New York place. You, Sorry. You, really? Just because of Bucky Dent? Really? <laughs> That's correct. Um, and many others. Islanders in the 80s, right? Um, the Knicks. Bill Buckner. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bill Buckner. The Mets. Forget it. Oh, wow. All right. So, <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, 1973 for the Knicks, 1969 for the Jets. Really, guys? Come on. Have a little mercy. <laughs> I will tell you, we have started. Blue brought up the Jets because we can sympathize, and I hear him, but we, we, we've said no. <laughs> um, but we do sympathize with the Jets because we've been there as Patriots fans. And, and as yeah. you guys know, before the Kraft, uh, Robert Kraft took over, that was a pretty poor franchise yes. in a lot of respects. So any thought well, but, of but, going but you, know, in... you, you did take Bill Belichick yes, from the from Jets. A, that's true. It is something true. Should come That's back a in the really good point. Way. Right. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Have you guys ever just gone into a convenience? I mean, what was the, the Powerball was in the billions this past year? 1.5 billion. One, right. Right. Yeah. Ever think of going into a, a convenience store yeah. and buying a mega you know, <laughs> ticket, a lotto ticket with it? No. That's not what it's about, right? <laughs> It's really? just about sports. The nail is just <laughs> about. I love it. it is, it's Aww. unbelievable. So you mentioned, you know, a household of superstitions. Uh, aside from the nail, I mean, and this is maybe we'll talk about this after, the, you know, this spot. You know, each of us have our own idiosyncrasies when it mm. comes to watching something. Like for tonight, you know, this could be another championship for the Red Sox. Are you doing, you know, something that you routinely do for a Red Sox World Series game? And it, yeah, so I can tell you um, my friends are chopping, chopping at the bit for me to get back, uh, for me to get in the room, because there are places where we sit. So in the, in the three wins the Red Sox have had, I've sat in a certain chair, and my two other buddies, um, and one of them, Lou, sits in other places. And, you know, if I mess that up, so, and, you know, standing... Uh, during certain times, if something's not going right, changing the mojo, yes. So we absolutely have a routine we go through. Well, and and did you nice. keep it? Did you keep it all the way through to three eighteen in the morning the other day? Absolutely, yes, we did. Love it. <laughs> All right. We really appreciate your time tonight, Joe. It, it, it's awesome. It's a great story. Um, and really, you know, I, I do like the fact that you thought about the Jets. I think you might want to rethink it again because 1969 is <laughs> a long, long time. It is very long. It is. It, we'll, we'll keep it on the table. No promises, guys. And uh, I appreciate 
uh, the, the, the time on the air. It's very nice of you. And good luck tonight. We hope the, the Sox get a championship for you guys tonight. And, I, and I'm hoping that the, that the nail is not in Fenway. For my hopes as a Yankee fan, oh, yeah. With, with, yeah, with any kind of you know jinx I can throw back yeah. out there. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's working. Well, I think the team might uh, be just too good. But well, Ryan, if you want, you know, you can go to a construction type. If you're, if you're that big of a Yankee fan, take a nail for the Yankees. That's yeah. all. <laughs> all, right. Okay. all right, Joe. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Joe Lamoni, the nail.